This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchem Abam, welcome everyone to tonight's very special shir, the shirim on Sefer Shemois, are sponsored by Dr. Zakaim Umeshpachta, Leilay Nishmas, Rav Shloyme Eliezben, Rav Yaakov Zakaim, and Leilay Nishmas, Dr. Zakaim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvya Halevi, the Nisham Shem and Aliyah, be Sharm to the whole family, Abi Askoel Tzedek. Tonight's shir is sponsored by my dear friend, Rab David Weber, Lila Nishmas, David's grandfather, Alter Avraham ben Elkana, Neshama Shev and Aliyah, he will be a male of his whole family, Simchas Anachas, Adbiyas Goyal Tzedek. Okay, so the good news is, the book finally arrived on Purim. It was concealed, now it has been revealed, and it's available for the first place on planet Earth here at the Wednesday night share. So pick it up now before they're gone. If you want, if your friend doesn't have it yet, you could order for him on artscroll.com. If he's not your friend yet, make him your friend and arts, order from artscroll.com. You have two options. You could order the book or you could send him the concealed and revealed Shalach Manis package. Not only the Artscroll book, but Artscroll wafers and Artscroll hamantashen. So it's available on uh, artscroll.com. Okay, Parshas Vayakel. This is an interesting one. And uh, interesting subject and interesting adventures. The Pasuk says, V'chol isha chachmas lev. Every woman who is wise-hearted, biadeha tavu, spun with her hands. V'yavi matve, they brought the spun yarn, es hatecheles, the blue wool, v'yas ha'argaman, the purple wool, v'yas toilas hashani, the crimson wool, v'yas hashesh, and the linen. So the interesting Pasuk, it says, Every smart woman she sewed. It doesn't say every talented woman sewed, every artistic woman sewed, every wise woman sewed. As if the wisdom of women should be channeled only to sewing. In fact, that's what the Gemara says. Now, tonight's shir has no political connotation. I am only here not to present my personal opinion, as I never do. I'm here to tell you the traditional viewpoint of Chazal, through the perspective of Talmud Bavli and the Midrashim, and nothing that Chazal said ha- is based on social norms of their times or of our times. All the words of Chazal are based on the eternal values that were given to my Shabbat on Har Sinai. Nothing is meant to be pejorative. Nothing has any negative connotation. Chazal say the facts as they are, as was revealed to my Shabbat on Har Sinai. Whether that's comfortable for people or uncomfortable for people, I, I and Chazar are unapologetic about what the Rebbein Shalom uh, communicated to Moshe Rabbeinu. So let's study it with um, an open mind and see what. Scary. Yeah, I know. When you hear when you hear a disclaimer like that, you know, watch out. It's like you know, when I uh, at certain junctures in my life certain positions, you know, to duck when you hear the following expression. With all due respect, Rabbi, you know, uh uh-oh. You know? So whenever you get an introduction, you always have to be careful. Okay, so the Gemara Numa tells us, Sho'ala Yisha Chachama Esrebelezer. A very wise woman Esrebelezer. Me'achar Shemase O'Egel Shavin. If basically everyone participated in the Egel equally, it's not like one guy was a, a, more of a participator than anybody else. 
So then, why didn't everybody get the same death? Some people died by the plague, some people got hadrakoin, some people died by the sword. That was the question a wise woman asked Rabbi Lazar. You know, what made her wise? How did he know she was wise? She had a sign on her. Wise woman. She was known to be a wise woman. And Rabbi Lazar very um, courteously and politely tells the woman, Lady, you think you're wise? Well, let me tell you what the wisdom of women is for. The wisdom of women is to sow. In other words, that's how much I value your wisdom. You know, if you're, your wisdom should be dedicated to knitting mittens. That's what... Ein chachma li'isha ela bepelech. V'chein hu oimer, v'chol isha chachma slave. And every woman who is wise-hearted, v'yadeha tavu, sewed with her hands. So what Chazal seemed to be saying is that, to put it in the most... Um, proper and delicate way, is that while women can enter all types of endeavors and disciplines, nevertheless, when it comes to the scholarship of Torah, the Chachma that the Rav has given to them was, uh, is not recognized in the realm of Torah scholarship. That seems to be what the Gemara is saying. Ah, the wisdom of a woman builds the house. Right, so she, in other words, it's for domesticated activities. It's for inside the home. But when it comes to the scholarship of women, the Gemara seems to say a principle, In fact, the Medrash HaGadah says in this week's parasha, V'chalisha chach ma'aslev l'lamedcha, She'ein chachma li'isha ela bepelech, not only is it not recognized when it comes to uh, Torah scholarship, that they have uh, what is described in the Pasuk. Okay, so the Gemara does not seem to be recognizing uh, in the realm of Torah scholarship. This is what we want to discuss uh, today. I think we're going to come out with some very interesting perspectives, facts, and historical figures. Yeah, that's a good book. Facts. What, what, what did I say? Because once, once I say it, I don't even remember what I said. Facts, figures, and historical figures. What? What about in the field? Yeah. I'm, we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. So there was a Shiloh that arose in the writings of Rav Shlom McClugger. Rav Shlom McClugger is reputed to have written 365 Svarim. And... He was asked whether you say Tzidkashat Tzedek on Chalamayid. Do you say Tzedek Adin on Chalamayid? So the Navi in Shmuel tells us the story of a woman by the name of Ritzba Basaya who mourned the sons of Shaul who were killed. And the Pasuk says that after she mourned the sons of Shaul who were killed, she said Hatsur, which the Medrash interprets to mean she said Hatsur Tamim Pa'alai. So, and it says it was Bishas Ketsir Sa'irim, which is Cholamayid. So we have a Raya, that someone to bring a Raya, not like the Rama, that we do say Tzidak Hadin on Cholamayid. Says Rav Shalom Kluger, if you think you could bring any type of halachic proof from anything a woman ever did, including women mentioned in Tanakh, don't you know the Gemara's position? Ein chachma isha ela 
the wisdom of women is reserved for domesticated activities, and it doesn't matter how great she is, it doesn't matter where she's mentioned, she can be mentioned in Tanakh, nevertheless, she, her activities, her activities, even though the Gemara, the Medrash Darshan's halachas, that when she said the word Hatsur, she was being matzik the din, nevertheless, because the Gemara says in Brachas, we just did the Mishnah, Mishnah Yomis, at the end of Brachas, the Mishnah says that, well, maybe you can't bring a raya from Boyaz, because Boyaz acted for himself. Says Rav Shlomo Kluger, if you can't bring a raya from Boyaz, how could you bring a raya from a woman? And therefore, and, and uh, regardless, nevertheless, it could be that she did it privately, and maybe an Avel could be Matzdika din privately, but publicly, Ein Lamalois Lev Livchais Adoinenu Harama, who could have the audacity to push off the words of the Rama? And the fact that a woman, even in biblical times, did something, cannot be brought in the arena of halacha. Okay? So we have a Gemara that says, And we have a Tshuva from Rabbi Shlomo Kluger. So you say, well, what's going on? But we know there was a, a very wise woman. She was such a wise woman. And by the way, you're saying, oh no, this is the Glassian trying to give a Rameyer share again. Because uh, we know that Bruria, the wife of Rabbi Meir, was a very wise woman. In fact, the Gemara says in Psachim, number 16, that Bruria, the daughter of Rav Hanin ben Trajan, the wife, wife of Rameyer, she would learn 300 Gemaras from 300 sages in one day. So she learned 9,000 halachas in one day. More than a lot of people you know ever learned in their whole life. Right? She... So she was a very uh, eminent sage. In fact, the Toisefta says in Klayim that there was a Shiloh when a certain type of oven became Tahar. So they asked the son of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion, he gave one opinion. They asked Bruria, the daughter of Hanina ben Tradion, she gave another opinion. And all the rabbis said, Yafa Amra Bitoi Me'ahu, she's good Giret, she's saying good, she's saying she's a better Chacham than her brother who is a Tana. So we know that Bruria was an eminent sage. I mean, when she would walk in the base medrash and she saw a guy learning quietly, and we know the Gemara says when you learn quietly and you don't pronounce the words, you're going to forget what you're learning, she kicked him. And the Gemara says uh, she was right, because uh, if you don't say you're learning, then you're going to uh, you're gonna forget it. So here, Chazal seemed to recognize the prowess and learning of Bruria. In fact, the Gemara says in Mesechta Brachos, remember the Bar there were bandits in the, in the neighborhood of Rameir, and they were annoying him. You know, they were, I don't know, what were they doing? They were shooting firecrackers at 11.45 p.m., and, you know, they were just making trouble and making a ruckus. So Rameir was getting, uh, was getting annoyed. So Rameir Davin, they should do- drop dead. Because it's very hard to throw firecrackers if you're dead, you know? And that would basically take care of the problem. And Bruria said, oh, what are you doing, Rameir? Why are, they, why are you doubting they should die? You should. So he said, what should I do? Uh, said Bruria, what do you hold? Because the Pasuk says, Yitamu So you want to eradicate evildoers. It doesn't say, Choytim. It says, Chatoim. And it says, If there's no sin, there won't be wicked. But rather, you need to pray that they do tshuva, and there won't be wicked anymore. So Rameir, poor Rameir, got shown up by Bruria. And Rameir started to them that they should do tshuva, and these bandits are now learning in Beis Medrash Gavoya, and the Rashi Chabura, and the story, you know, or in, in all good, maybe in Bnei Brak, wherever they're learning, they turned around. 
Says the monk Hatcher, every, every guy off the street thinks that this teaching of Bruria is like halach Sinai. Like, you know, if there are wicked people around, don't chas v'sham daven that they should die. Daven that they should do tshuva because Rameyer made a mistake and he daven that they should die and Bruria showed him up as if like Bruria is the G'day Hadar and everybody and everyone, you know, kowtows to Bruria. Says, says uh, the monk Hatcher in Divrei Torah, Chelek Beis, we once spoke this out. Seven years ago on a Sunday morning, just Agavorcha, we were learning uh, something. Says, says uh, the monk Hatcher, because you have one Pasuk in Tehillim that says, Yitamu chata'im and not choytim, you're going to say, oh, David Amel holds, you shouldn't pray for the downfall of the wicked. You have about a thousand other psukim in Tehillim that David davens that the Risham should drop dead. And in almost every other parak of Tehillim, David curses the Risham and he gives them terrible curses. And he davens they should have a downfall. And in Navi it says, Be'ibad Risham Rina, when Risham are destroyed, you should sing. So because Bruria came up with one pasuk, oh, it doesn't say Yitamu Chaitim, it says Chatom. Like everybody, yeah, from now on, we can't daven that the wicked should die, we should daven they should do tshuva. As if like a guy has a trouble with Russia and he's going to really daven, oh, this guy who's, um, you know, giving me a hard time and making noise in the middle of the night, I, I pray that he should go to the old city and go to the discovery seminar and he should do tshuva and now he's going to bother me. Like that, that that's going to happen overnight. Says the monk catcher, of course we don't know like Burya. Otherwise, if you look down in the Gemara later on that very page, says that Rabbi Yochanan said, David lived in five worlds and not until he got up to Perkov Gimel did he daven for the downfall of the Rishayim. So that Gemara, and says Gemara, where did David daven for the downfall of Risham? Shenemar yitamu chatam in aretz Risham oideinam. So that very Gemara learns that David wasn't davening that sin should cease. David was davening that sinners should die. So says the Munkachar, why didn't the Gemara bother saying, and that argues on Beria? Says the Munkachar, because the Gemara doesn't care what Beria holds. Because she is an Isha, ve'ein chachma lenashim ela bepelech. That is the approach of the Munkacher. And therefore, says Munkacher, we disregard Buryoshita. And why Rameyer listened to her? That's a personal thing between him and her, why he listened to her, you know? But in terms of halacha, we do, not only do we not agree with her, the Gemara would not even bother to say that we don't hold like her, because why should we even say we don't hold like her? There's a rule in halacha, ein chachma leisha ela bepelech. So you can say, why, why are we being derogatory? I'm not here, I'm not telling you anything what I think, what you think, it's irrelevant what I think, it's relevant what you think. We're just here to say, what is the opinion of Chazal, as learned by the Chachmei Adaris? You do like it, you don't like it, that's not my, I can't, uh, I can't be concerned with anybody's personal, but that that's, seems to be the approach of um, the Gemara in Brachas, according to the Munkacher, this is the opinion of uh, Rabbi Shlomo Kluger, as well as the Gemara in Yuma, where a woman came to Rabbi Lazar, and uh, Rabbi Lazar sort of dismissed her. However, here's where it gets interesting. You open up the Hakdama of the Sma. We know the Sma wrote the classic commentary on Choshen Mishpat, and other Chalakim of uh, Shulchan Arach. And he also wrote a parish on the Torah, the Jerisha and the Prisha. The Sma was Nifter in 1614. So that means, you know, he lived in the 16th century. 
if he was Nifter in 1614, then he lived in the 16th century. He also lived a couple of years in the 17th century, but he primarily lived in the 16th century, yeah? And he was married to a very righteous woman. Her name was Maras Bela Katz. The Smaa was a Koyen Sadek. The Smaa was a very meyuchistic um, Koyen. And the Smaa had a son, Yuzpa, who wrote the Hakdama to the Jerisha and the Prisha. And the son of the Smaa talks about his mother in the Hakdama, the Jerisha and the Prisha, what a righteous woman she was, that her father was Zaycha to all, the, all his covered in, um, because of his very righteous wife who brought all the covet to the father and she was the glory and the splendor of all of Klal Yisrael. And even though she was an only daughter and her father was a wealthy philanthropist and she grew up in the lap of luxury, not only was she not immersed in, in Gashmias, she despised Gashmias and she barely ate and she barely ate food. She had to eat because she had to tend to her husband. When the Sma died, Bela Katz no longer ate, period. She fasted every single day of her life, period. Only eating in the nighttime. And even in the night, she never ate from a Balchai, only fruits to keep herself alive. Not only that, she cooked up a storm, but she would not eat from it, only give it to the Aniyam. Now says the son of the Smaa, let me tell you the Seder Hayoim of Imi Mayrasi. She woke up many hours before davening, whether in the summer or the winter, and she went to the Beis HaKnesses. And she davened for many, many hours before davening started. She davened with a minion, and then she stayed many hours after the davening. So every morning she spent a good five, six hours in the Beis HaKnesses davening. When she finished that, don't think that, okay, she went home to eat. No. Now it's time to learn. She was koveya itim la And she learned chumash. And she mastered chumash and rashi. She had many, many chidushim and Torah. And whenever their Devei Torah sat at the table, my mother always participated and she was a koyach in Torah. And then, after that, we'll see what she did. Says the son of the Drisha and the Prisha, she was such a koyach in Torah, I will now tell you now. Two Piske halachis from my mother that she realized all Jewish women are acting incorrectly and because of her we paskin like her and all of Klai does the right thing because of my mother Mrs. Bela Katz that women were making two mistakes when it comes to Hadlakas Neiros on Yom Tif. mistake number one we know that on Shabbos really what you should do is make Baruch HaTashem Shabbos and then light the candle, because you always make a bracha, the problem is there is a shita, that when you light the candle, and when you say the bracha, you're Mechabal Shabbos. So how could you make the bracha and then light the candle? Now, I'll make it tonight, but there's also a shita, you can't make a tonight on the Kabbalah Shabbos. Even though we don't pass in that way, but there is such an opinion. So in deference to that shita, what women do, so what women do is they first light, but then the bracha is not overlasiyasam. They cover the candle. Now why women do this, nobody knows. Okay? And I'm not here to tell you, because I don't know either. But what, what this is, I don't know, they're bringing, they're bringing in the Shabbos, but greater people than me have struggled with that, and I'm not here to explain that part of, they could, the, the Smas's mother said they cover the candle, so they're not nena. They make, they light it, they make the bracha, and then they uncover. 
because of that, they figure, Yom Tif, they should do the same thing. So women, what they did on Yom Tif is, they lit the candle, they cover the candle, they make the bracha, they uncover the candle, like they do on Shabbos. Says the wife of the Sma, that's incorrect. Just because they do that Shabbos, why in the world would you do it Yom Tif? They do it Shabbos because... Making the bracha is a Kabbalah Shabbos. So then if, you, if you're Kabbalah Shabbos, you can't light the candle. But on Yom Tif, you're allowed to light the candle. So on Yom Tif, you have to make the bracha, and then you light the candle like you do on Chanukah. Hadlik ner shel Chanukah, and then you light the candle. So therefore, says the wife of the Sma, you have to be a lamdin. You can't just say, well, I learned about that in, uh, in Beis Yaakov, uh, the, the kitchen sink Idaho, so that's what I have to do. No, you have to, you have to think about it. It doesn't make sense to do that on Yom Tif, and therefore you should not do it on Yom Tif. Now, when the Sma was alive, the wife of the Sma did not speak up about anything. We're going to see what happened after he, he died. But you're allowed to do it. Look, covet, let's Yeah, okay. Okay, so you get it from an existing light. So you get it from. The second mistake, and this second mistake people still make. We know on, on uh, many women, when they light the neros of Yamtif, so Yamtif comes, and they're setting the table, and they're taking care of their kids, and their husband comes, Oh, welcome home! And she goes and she lights the neros of Yamtif. Why does she do that? We know the second day of Yom Tif, she has to do that. She's now to do it early, because you're now to be mechin from the first day to the second day. So the women think, just like the second day, you have to wait until the husband comes home to light, the first day you also have to wait until the husband comes home. It's ridiculous. Uh, the, the halacha is, when the husband comes home, the table should be set, and the light should be lit. So therefore, Rebbetz and Bela Katz instituted that on the first day of Yom Tif, the women light the Neros in the beginning of Yom Tif, just like they light the Neros of Shabbos in the beginning of Shabbos. Now, when Dad passed away, when the Sma passed away, Mom came and told my wife, don't you dare, heir of Yom Tif, you know, do, do the thing and go, then go like that. First, light, first make the bracha and then you light. And then on Yom Tif also, the first night, you got to light right away. Now back to Bela Katz's daily Seder. Back to her daily seder. You think after she spent five hours davening and then learning the parsha, you think then she went and she uh, wasted her time? No. Then the rest of the day, she did tzedakah, chesed, and any mitzvah she could be involved with. Sewing tzitzis, sewing sifrei Torah, sewing talesim, making a kittel. Any mitzvah in the ear in the city she had her hand in. All of her thoughts were only to do mitzvahs and ma'asim toivim kol yameha. And she loved Eretz Yisrael. But what she could do, she's married to the Sma. Where is the Sma buried? In the Ukraine. Where? In Lvov, of course. And as soon as the Sma died, she did something unheard of. She made Aliyah in the, 16th, in the, se- in the early 17th century. Nobody, it's not possible. She, she, by camel and by, I don't know what, she got to Eretz Yisrael. What did she do when she got to Eretz Yisrael? She visited every kever of a tzaddik in every city in Eretz Yisrael. But then where are you going to live? She lived in Yushalayim. And she did not eat for the rest of her life. Because of that, she passed away at the age of 58. And she was so honored and respected in Yushalayim 
that they buried her within four Amos of Zechariah, Hanavi, and Harazesim. Now, luckily I already went to the Ukraine. And when I went to the Ukraine last summer, I went to the city of Lvov. And basically, with great Nisim and Aflais, we I made it to the monument of the Kever of the Taz, the Shailomeshev, the Yeshuas Yaakov, the Chacham Tzvi, and the Sma. So I was reading about the Sma, and I was reading about his, and his wife was an amazing tzaddikas, and it said his wife is buried on Harazesim. So a few last week, when I went down to Harazesim, first time in my life I ever went to the Kever of Zechari ben Yoyada. It's not easy to go down there, by the way. I went down to Harazesim, and I went to the Kever of the Bartanura, and I said, Maras Bela Katz. And I davened by the Kever of Maras Bela Katz, the wife of the Sma. Who is she? She's the Paisig for Klal Yisrael regarding Havlokas Neros of Yomtif. And uh, this is brought in the Hakdama of the Prishan the Drisha. Comes the Magen Avram. <laughs> and the Magen Avram says in Simon Reish Samach Gimel that on Friday night a woman should first light the candles and then make the bracha. Because if she makes the bracha, she's not going to be able to light. So then it should come out, says the Magen Avram, that on Yom Tif, first you make the bracha and then you light. And that's what the wife of the Sma holds. The wife of the Sma? Who cares what the wife of the Sma holds, says the Magen Avram. Ein chachma le'isha ela bepelech. The wife of the Sma, she might have been a smart woman, so let her sow, Sifrei Taira. But why would we entertain her reasoning when it comes to halacha? But he said the same thing. no. Even though logically he understands what she's saying, but we're not we're not going to pay any deference to the wife of the sma. You know now why not? What was her mistake? Her mistake was light plug. If the rabbi said that when it comes to lighting for Shabbos, you need to first light and then make the bracha, light plug for Yom Tif. They're not going to start making different halachas for different times. Once the rabbi said when it comes to Shabbos, first. Light and then make the bracha. You can't start differentiating by yomtiv. Says the Magen Avram, I'll bring you two proofs. One simon kufnon ches, and the other toisisim sachem davzayinam beis. Take that, Eisha Sasma. But <laughs> what what does he mean? What do you mean simon kufnon ches? And what does he mean davzayinam beis? So the Noid Behud explains. And it seems that the wife of the Sma's mistake was we wash until she dying for bread. I know it's like one of the big crimes in America is eating bread. Chas v'shalom, to eat bread. Like it's, so, so, you know, chas v'shalom not to wear a mask. And even worse than that, eating bread. It's like you're an you're a evil person if you eat bread. But in Judaism, we, we hold it's a good thing to eat bread. That, you know, people wonder why they're always depressed and anxious and nervous and bitter because they don't eat bread in the morning. The Gemara says if you eat bread in the morning, it's mavatal, sinna, and kinna, and, and anger, and the, people just drink coffee, so they're in a bad mood. You've got to eat bread in the morning. Yud Aleph Dvarm Nemru Bepashachras. Anyway, so when you wash until Sidayim, how do you wash until Sidayim? First you wash your hands, and then, and then you make the bracha. Wait a second, shouldn't you make the bracha and then wash? What? 
of Lassiosin. First, she's making them wash. The answer is, since sometimes you're coming out of the base hakisa and your hands are dirty, under those circumstances, first you have to wash and then you make a bracha. So even if you're not coming out of the base hakisa, light plug, and you always wash and then make a bracha. So you see, when the rabbis tell you when to make the bracha, because of a certain scenario, then across the board you apply it to all situations. Next, when a ger converts and goes to the mikvah, does he first make the bracha and then go to mikvah, or first go to the mikvah and then make the bracha? He first goes to the mikvah. Otherwise, what's he say? Asher mitzvah He's a guy. Yeah. So therefore, any time there's a mitzvah to go to the mikvah, you always go to the mikvah and then you make a bracha. Why loy plug? Says Naibihuda, in my opinion. The wife of the Sma is correct and the Magen Avram is incorrect. Why? Because in the case of Natilas Yadayim, there's one bracha, Al Natilas Yadayim. So we have to uniformly make Natilas Yadayim the same in all circumstances. So first you're going to wash and then say Al Natilas Yadayim. Even if you're not coming out of the bathroom, but since there are cases you're coming out of the bathroom, all Al Natilas Yadayims have to be the same. Or, the bracha on tevila is al-hatvila, whether you're a ger or you're a homegrown Jew. Therefore, because it's always the same bracha, you always go to the mikvah and then you make the bracha. But why in the world would we say that just because Shabbos, first you light and then you make the bracha, so yomtif, also, first you lie and then you make bracha. It's two different brachas. One is lahad l'kner shal Shabbos and one is lahad l'kner shal yomtif. So why would you say loy plug when it's... You only say loy plug if it's the same exact bracha. If it's the same bracha, it has to be uniformly and under all circumstances. But why would the way you say lahadlik ner shal Shabbos be like the lahadlik ner shal yomtif? Lahadlik ner shal Shabbos, first you lie and then you make the bracha. Lahadlik ner shal yomtif, first you lie and then you lie. Says the Yudah, the proof is in the pudding. What do you do by Hanukkah? You light the Hanukkah menorah and then you say lahadlik ner shal Hanukkah because on Shabbos, first you light the ner and then you say the bracha? Of course not. It's a different bracha. Lahadlik nor shachanaka. So just like lahadlik nor shachanaka is a different bracha. Lahadlik nor shayamtif is a different bracha. Says the noy to be Yehuda. I, but the Gemara says, Ein chachma l'rashim apelech. The wisdom of women is good for making mittens. Yeah, but what about the next pasuk in the Chumash? Says the the next pasuk in the Chumash, number 10 is, V'chal hanoshim asher nosa liban oisana there's a madriga that sometimes a woman could have such generosity of spirit that it could bring them to the madriga of Nasa Liban Oisan Bechachma. Aishas Hasma was not what we say, Chal Isha Chachma slave. You know what wise women do? Biyadeha Tavu so. She's on a higher madriga. She's the madriga of the next pasik. Her heart ennobled her the same way, you know. Here you have a guy, he's making pyramids all day. And then he comes out of Mitzrayim and God says, chisel the kruvim. So Rabban asks, how in the world does this guy know how to chisel the kruvim? You know, he's being whipped, he's, he's a, a menial worker. How does he know how to make a menorah? So the answer is, his heart, his, the generosity of spirit he had propelled him to levels of wisdom that he was perhaps was unaccessible. 
So even though in general the wisdom of women is reserved for domesticated activities, there can be a certain madriga that a woman could reach that could propel her to an, uh, a level where she understands uh, things on a very high level. Comes the Chassam Soifer, and the Chassam Soifer says, Mrs. Bela Katz is correct, not the Magen Avram. And the Magen Avram should have realized it because Rebetzin Katz bavorned the Magen Avram's kasha toich gedei dibura. He, she addressed the Magen Avram's question in her words because she says, just like Ner Hanukkah, where you make the bracha and then you light. What she's saying is, since it's a different Nusach HaBracha, the same way Ner Hanukkah, first you make the bracha and then you light, so too Ner Yomtev, first you make the bracha and then you light. By the way, Rebbe Ki, what? So is Yamtif. Why is it Gzera? So you got to go like the Magen of Ram, and the Nebuchadnezzar goes like Mrs. Bela Katz, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Rabbi Kiva Eger Bechlal doesn't understand the Magen Avram of because Shabbos they were masaking to first light and then make the bracha, says Rabbi Kiva Eger, they were never masaking to first uh, light and then make the bracha. That would only be true if we hold like the Bahag, that once you light, you're Makabel Shabbos and you can't make a Tanai. But first of all, says Rabbi Kiva Eger, we hold Lutzoyrech. You're allowed to make a Tanai. The only thing is, we hold Shaloy Lutzoyrech. We're in deference to the Paiskin that a Tanai doesn't help. So we do the better thing and we light and then make a bracha. But by the way, Sfardim don't do that. Sfardim, they always make the bracha and then light. Because we hold. That's what Sfardim do Friday night. They make a bracha and then light. They make it over last yasin, like the Mechaber. Why? Because we anyway, even Ashkenazim, we paskin be'ikr, you're not Mechabal Shabbos when you light the Neirois. I mean, nobody else in the family is Mechabal Shabbos, and even the woman herself, if she has a tzorech, she's allowed to make a t'nai that, um, that she's not Mechabal Shabbos. That's what many women do on Yom Kippur. They light the Neirois, and then they drive to Shul, or even uh, not on Yom Kippur. They have a simcha. And they go to the, Friday night. The halacha is, they shouldn't do it every single week, but if there's a particular need, a woman is allowed to make a tonight. So that means it's not set in stone that a woman must light and then make the bracha. It's only a preference. That's what we keep eager. Because of a preference, you're going to say, oh, by Shabbos you have to light and then make the bracha. On Shabbos you don't have to light and then make the bracha. If she wanted to make the bracha and then light, she could do that also. And Bechlaus says, Rabbi Kivegar, he doesn't understand the whole thing. Question. If you're so worried about the opinion that when you light your Mechabal Shabbos, there's no woman in the world that lights one candle. She lights at least two candles, maybe more, sometimes more. So I have a question. How she could he light the 11th candle? She was Mechabal Shabbos when she lit the, the first candle. The answer is you're not Mechabal Shabbos until you're finished. So if you're not Mechabal Shabbos until you're finished, and lighting the first candle is not a Kabbalah, then making a bracha is not a Kabbalah either. Bottom line is, the Shari Tshuva, quotes the Chida, that uh, other reasons why we paskin like Mrs. Bela Katz and not like the Magen Avram. One of them is, even by Tevila, 
the Iker Hadin, you could make the bracha and then be taival. It's just we do that lenekius ba'alma. We go to the mikvah and then make the bracha because it's clean. You're, this way you're cleaner. But when it comes to yamtif, of course, it's better to make the bracha and then to light, and that's the halacha. The lighting candles is a mitzvah on the bias, and we give it to the woman because she's. Yeah, but on Shabbos, women are chayiv in uh, zmani grama. The bottom line is, the bottom line is that while it comes to many areas of halacha, we apply the rule ein chachma leisha ela The question now is, can there be an out of the ordinary situation where a woman? could be so dovuk Baruch Hu and so scholarly that when she issues a halacha, it's reckoned with. And the Naid Behud is of the opinion, there is such a concept, and it's learned out from the very pasuk that the Gemara darshins, in Chachmal the very next pasuk is That is quoted by the Naid Behuda, that is quoted by the Shari Tshuva, and apparently, the Magen Avram says no. Ein chachma. I would say the Magen Avram holds that uh, he would say to Nadiyudah, Nadiyudah, you didn't finish reading the end of that pasuk. The end of the pasuk. The really smart women, they could sew special things on shi- on goats. So regular women who are smart, they could sew mittens, and women who are very smart, they could sew goats. That's what Magen Avram would say. There's not there's not some special level. But yeah, but what did they do? Tavu Asayizim. By the way, you know which woman this was? Chazal Darshan, it was Miriam. Why? Listen to this, Reb Chaim Kenevsky says. Because she's called a Chachama. And Miriam was a Chachama. What's a midwife? A, ch- a, ch- a Chachama. Chachma. A, ch- a, chachma. a Chachama is a midwife. Now why is a midwife called a Chachama? You ready for this, says Reb Chaim? Ezehu Chacham. Haroyes Hanoilad. Get it? Eza, a midwife is called a chacham because Ezehu chacham haroya es hanoilad. Okay, so that's the question: Can there be an out of the ordinary situation? where a woman's Torah scholarship is reckoned. So I'll tell you some interesting stories. We mentioned Burya, but even Lagabi Burya, the Munkacher said, eh, the Gemara doesn't even concern itself to say that we don't hold like Burya, even in the issue of Rameir and Burya. The Marshal, we know the Marshal was one of the greatest of all the Achreinim, he brings in Simon Chavtes, that his tradition is that his grandmother was a Rosh Hashiva in Kali not only that, she gave shear from behind a curtain. Now this is not talking about she had like some little yeshiva on one exit is somewhere in New Jersey. No, no, no. She, to have, to be, to, she was Tafsa yeshiva. And he said, In the times of the Rishonim, Rav Pesachia of Regensburg, he brings down that one of the Rishonim had a daughter and she remained locked up in a room and she gave shear through a window. Now, 
What would the monk catcher say? <laughs> what would the Magen Avram say? The Magen Avram says, no such thing. But there could be such a situation. Comes the Chida, and the Chida offers the following um, guideline. Says the Chida, look, the bottom line is there are many, many isolated stories. However, in Kol Chadash, Tachas Hashemesh, I mean, uh, the Gemara says there were seven of the ice. And the Gemara says about Vasa Benoit Slavchad Chachmani Yaisim. However, says the Chida, the Gemara says Ein Chachmalisha Bapelach that a woman's Torah scholarship is not reckoned. It's true. Ruba deruba 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 of the time, her scholarship is not reckoned. There is a miot de miot, a very small minority, as a reality that a woman could have a certain scholarship, and it's up to the Chachmei HaDoyrois to decide whether it is something that is recognized or not. But it's such a small minority that even Reb Meir, who's choshish for the miyot, he's not choshish for that miyot. So in other words, what did Reb Meir hold about Broria? Did Reb Meir say, well, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the choshish for the miyot, so I have... No, 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 even Reb Meir wasn't choshish for the miyot. So the Chidah seems to be saying, in other words, the, the Munkach in the Magen Ram says, no, blanket, in Chach Malisha Elvapelach. And the Noid Behuda and the Chsam Surfer say, no, it's Shaykh, Vachalisha Chach Masleva Shanodva Rucha Isai. And the Chidah seems to say there is such a phenomenon, but it's a very isolated case. And therefore, one thing you know, have to know for sure. Anytime there's any type of Shita or movement, it's incorrect. At its very foundation. Could, yeah, there could be an isolated individual, but it's only an individual. There's no shita, there's no movement. The movement, the shita, the Gemara already classifies what, what the attitude of, uh, again, we're not talking about, of course, women have to learn, the Chabetz Chaim writes in Likutei Halachais, that back in the day, so women didn't go to formal school because they got their hashkafa from the home and from their mothers and from their tradition and nowadays that uh, women go out and they learn uh, many disciplines of course they have to learn uh, halacha and musr and whatever is relevant to them and that's sort of a, a new phenomenon and uh, that is endorsed by Oleg Dele Yisrael but to have when we say Torah scholarship what we're talking about not the woman of course there could be very eminent women who are influencing their talmidos um, in Yerushalayim and in Hashkafa, and that's not what we're discussing. We're talking about in the world of Psak. In the world of Psak, there could be such a thing. The thing is, you gotta like scan back. Okay, 500 years ago, we have the wife of the Sma. It's not an ordinary thing. It's not a routine thing. And certainly, any type of movement or any type of shita is a puzzle. Meikaroi umitchilasai. Yeah, but that's not scholarship. That's Torah Shabbat You can let many people could read the Torah. Sometimes it could be, but that's again, that's not uh, not in the world of halacha. What if you had a woman who's a tamar chacham, and she walked into the room, 
Would you have to stand up for her? <laughs> what if she's a zakena? I'm not talking about a zakena. So the Minchas Chinuch, the Minchas Chinuch talks about this. In Mitzvah Rishon on Zion, the Minchas Chinuch says that um, the halach is men and women all both have to stand up for Tamil Chachamim. But to stand up for an old woman, we paskin that you have to stand up for an old man, even if he's a complete Amaret. So you have to stand up for an old woman. But what about a woman who is a Torah sage? Says, You for sure do not have to stand up for her. Why? She knows Kala She knows Shulchan Aruch with the, the Shach and the Taz. She knows Chuvas Noy de Behuda, Shev Shmaitza, with every Diuk of the Chazoinish and Shalsu Chuvas Noy de Behuda. You don't have to stand up for her. Why? Because you only, you're only a Talmud Chacham if you're Mechuyav to the Oisik and Torah. If you're not Mechuyav, What's the halach about Tavi, Eved, Reman Gamliel? He was a great Torah sage. He's not a, considered a Talmud Chacham. You would not have to stand up for him. Only someone who is Metsuva, the Oisa, one would have to stand up for him. In Chaschinach Paskins, you would not have to stand up for her. However, the Shal Sechuvah's Beis Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Ayish, and Rabbi Yitzchak Atiyah, and the Zara Yitzchak, the Zara Yitzchak brings from the Prichadash, that one would have to stand up from an, for an Isha Chaver, and Shachuz Beis Yehuda says, you would have to stand up for her. Her Torah knowledge would be consider, considered uh, of, of value and worthy of respect. Here's the bottom line. As much as you're probably saying, oh, I have some kind of opinion or agenda, this is a sugya like any other. And uh, the opinion of Chazal is to be very circumspect in terms of recognizing Chachmas um, HaTorah, in an isha, in terms of, uh, in a decisive manner. But uh, I think there comes out, there's an interesting gedar that's created by Noid Vihuda and the Chassam Soifer and the Shari Tshuva, and that is Stam, how to read Pesukim and Chumash. The Pasuk says in Lamed Hei, Chav Hei, V'chal Isha Chachmas Lev Tavu, that wise women they sowed, indicating to Shas that the wisdom of women is reserved for a sort of domesticated type of activities. But now the question is, the next Pasuk, can you have a madrega of a chalhanoshim, asher nosaliba, can you have a a woman who's so generously compelled to, to be eminent in Torah scholarship, is that valued? The Noi Behuda seems to recognize that possibility. So does the Chida, although the Chida classifies it as mamish miyuta de miyuta, that even Reb Meir is not choshish for. But again, it could be the Magen Avram, the Munkachu would say, even that madrega is for... Now, it's interesting. The Gemara in Shabbos says, Sowing goat hair on the goat, do you remember what the Gemara in Shabbos says? Is Chachma Yisera. Is a very unusual type of wisdom is needed. So it could be, no, people would say, so, so a woman of such calibers, Chachma is recognized. And the Magnum would say, look, at the end of the day, it's still reserved for that type of... Uh, now, there's interesting uh, Tashbates who says that the women in Mitzrayim, they learned the skill of Tevia because they had an emuna that one day they would come out of Mitzrayim and they would bake the Mishkan and therefore they learned the skill in advance. So it comes out very beautiful. That's why they're called Chachamim. Because Eizehu Chacham 
So the, the whole chachma that they had was not only in the skill, but the fact that they learned the skill in advance to be prepared for the upcoming uh, scenario. But the bottom line is that um, one thing that we can learn from here. Whatever the shita is, there was a great woman by the name of the wife of the Sma. And if you study her Seder Hayoim, I mean, think about it. She spent five hours in the shul every morning. She then went to learn Chumash, and then she spent the rest of the day doing Chesed and Tzedakah. So I often hear from, uh, you know, oh, only men have to give an accounting for their time, because men have to learn, but uh, men have a mitzvah. Women don't have that mitzvah, so their time is not, they're not accountable for their time. No, they're not accountable to use their time for learning. But life is life for anybody. And uh, the value of a sha'achas is just as valuable for a woman as for a man. And is true for all of Kal Yisrael. And therefore, Kal Bar Yisrael has to give a, an accounting for every moment of life. Nobody could say, well, I don't have to learn right now, so therefore I could just, you know, surf the web and check out a different news outlet's take on what's happening in the Ukraine. Nobody has any idea. And they all say the exact same thing. And they're making 90% of it up anyway, just to be for sensationalism. So nobody could say, well, I, I saw the news here, I'm going to check it out over here. It's Bittelsmann for everybody. Just get the, get the bottom line. But uh, a woman like uh, the wife of the Sma, she spent her entire life devoted to tefillah, to Torah, to chesed, to tzedakah, every machshava she had was to be mizdabek to tayro mitzvahs, and that is a limud for everyone. Thank you everyone for joining. Bracha v'haslacha. Rashi's daughter? She's a very nice lady. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com